Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Hello, 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 and welcome to another episode of A Wild Podcast Has Appeared, comicbook.com's official Pokemon podcast. This is episode number 224, something that I didn't just look up after the episode had started. Uh, (laughs) I am uh, one of your hosts, uh, Christian Hoffer, and I am joined by Megan Peters. How's it going, Megan? Hi, hello. Uh, I am I am here and I am I am physically present. Yes, yes, you are. It is it is a it is a wonderful Monday here in the US. It is Labor Day. So hopefully uh everyone who is watching this live is taking it easy. And for those of you who are listening, not live, I hope that you had a good Labor Day, unless you live internationally and then today's a Monday. Um and there's there's no no holiday for you. So I'm I'm apologize. Speaking of no holidays. Uh, Jim, our trusty co-host and usual voice of the show is not here this week, which, uh, you know, uh, is a little bit disappointing. Uh, but you know what that means? It's a Geodude Slander Week. It's a Geodude Slander Week. My favorite thing is as soon as we, uh, we appear live on the screen here, you know, you can see our little inset boxes with our video feed. You can see Christian to the left, myself to the right. Uh, and there was no gym, and immediately the first comment in our chat said, Geodude sucks. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, cool. All right, we're setting the tone for this week. So, yep, that's yeah, right. it, it, it just keeps on coming. There's there's no one to stop us from uh, talking about, you know, other topics uh, such as Legend of Zelda, uh, yes. such as One Piece. Uh, such as uh, general fantasy stuff, you know, all of which Jim thoroughly dislikes. Um, So, yeah, expect all of that and more uh, this this episode, probably all the the tangents. But we do actually have some pretty solid Pokemon news this week. Yeah, yeah, there's there's actually a bit of Pokemon news Uh, before before we dive into that. I'm not going to read reviews this week because, you know, uh, I don't want Jim to just read them again next week and then introduce Jim, the... It, it, it warms Jim's little heart when he gets it, to read those, so we can't do it without him. Exactly. And also, I don't want you know there to be a two reviews get read on the air, and thus two stickers must get sent out. I don't know what the sticker stock is like. But I um, will say this, though. If you want to warm Jim's heart even more as we start heading into the fall, you know, especially as we head into the winter, leave us some five-star reviews. If we read them, we will send you a sticker if you email us, uh, you know, saying, hey, you read my review, my five-star review. We've had some excellent 
some very creative reviews. Uh, mm-hmm. Shoot us a question. Just just send those over. Give Jim more reviews to read because that makes him so happy. Yes. And uh, remember that sent, leaving us reviews is the best way to help out the show. Uh, mm-hmm. With with that, uh, let's let's dive into uh, into some news. Uh, so first it. and for, foremost, uh, we're actually going to change things up just a little bit. We were going to talk about some uh, Pokemon Scarlet and Violet leaks, but um, you know, I totally forgot there was some more. Don't want to say more pertinent news that came out because the Pokemon leaks is a pretty big story. But uh, that we can probably save to next week because uh, there was actually a new Pokemon TV show that was announced. And we're going to talk about that in the second half. Mm. Um, But we will talk about some Pokemon Scarlet and Violet stuff. The Mewtwo raid is officially uh, live. This is a seven star uh, raid in which uh, Mewtwo basically, I don't want to say it's the toughest raid ever because there's a pretty easy way to kind of like cheat the cheat it. But, you know, Mewtwo comes out of the gate with a full uh, shield. Once you break that, he uh, or they immediately rest, uh, which brings uh, Mewtwo immediately back up to full power. So this has the prospect of being the toughest raid. People, luckily, if you bring Mew along with you and uh, Mew gets a 50% HP boost and a 20% boost to all of their stats. And so people are basically, and since Mew also can use just about any uh, move in the game, it's not that hard to beat Mewtwo because people are just building Mew teams where four Mew show up and just rock his socks off. Um, so ah, so like what we saw in the Pokemon movie, <laughs> yeah, basically. basically, the Pokemon Go said, "How do we recreate that stunning moment?" <laughs> my my favorite uh, bit about it is apparent, like how how like the general setup is. There's one Mew that acts as your primary attacker. Uh, you have one Mew that's just thrown up like light screens every single turn, and then you have two Mews that are. Uh, throwing out mud slaps basically at Mewtwo. So you're just throwing dirt in Mewtwo's eyes uh, in order to lower Mewtwo's accuracy so that his attacks don't like, you know, nuke your team. And that is basically the the most successful strategy is pocket sand in Mewtwo's face. Hey, uh, whatever you got to do. Uh, so uh, that that will run for uh, about two more weeks. So take advantage of that as, while you can because. That currently is the only way to get Mewtwo and Mew in the game. Mew, obviously, you get it by, that's, I believe the code is literally get your Mew. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so uh, enter that to get your Mew, level it up, and then uh, send them forth to beat the tar out of Mewtwo. Um, so so uh, we will talk more. There's obviously the DLC is coming out in just two weeks, so we'll talk more about the DLC next week. So look forward to that. Now, let's see. What else do we got? Ah, Pokemon Sleep. Megan, have you been playing Pokemon Sleep at all? Absolutely not. Okay. <laughs> uh, uh, I, I, uh, I, I know Jim and I have had conversations about this, I believe, when you were uh, at Worlds, because we discussed you surely using sleep while yeah, at Worlds. I, was. I, uh, I just I just can't be bothered. I'm just it's not like a malicious thing. It's it's in the same way that like. I don't really care to like use like the Pokemon teeth brushing thing. Yeah. Uh, it's just not something that I have sleep apps that I use that have much better functionality um, and integration. 
Pokemon I Pokemon see sleep zero reason to change that. So <laughs> Pokemon Sleep is not for anybody who actually needs a sleep app. Um, yeah. Like, uh, I, I, it always makes me laugh because, um, you know, as people have noted, it doesn't work as well with folks who share a bed with another human being. So like mm-hmm. it, you know, my, my app, it, it says I go to sleep like hours after I actually went to sleep. So that's probably killing my, um, killing, killing my like productivity. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I've been like, you know, it, it's like, you know, maybe like five minutes a day sort of thing. And it make, makes me laugh because they gave me a Pokemon Go plus plus. And I think that's the only reason why I'm still using it, to be 100 mm. percent honest. Um, and it makes me laugh because Pikachu sings you a lullaby when you like turn it on oh, for the night. And it freaks my wife out. I really um, don't like that. That's really uncomfortable. Yeah, it 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 is it is kind of hilarious. Um, but anyways, so Pokemon Go has announced or Pokemon Sleep has announced their first uh like true event now they had their like first like event last week which is based around the full moon and basically there's a passive bonus that you get uh that doubles your sleep score or like increases it by like yeah it doubles your sleep scores and stuff so you get more energy which means more rare sleep styles pop up um but the first true actual event for pokemon sleep is that um you know, they're having a Halloween event, which, you know, in a lot of ways uh, kind of mirrors Pokemon Go because Pokemon Go's first real event mm-hmm. was also a Halloween event where, you know, a spooky season. That was like the first time they actually, you know, were able to solve their uh, server issues. And so focus <laughs> on uh, events. Um, but we don't know very much about it other than it will feature ghost Pokemon, which means the obvious extension of that is that they will be adding more Pokemon to Pokemon sleep very soon, because right now there's only a hundred Pokemon species in the game mm-hmm. and three of them are ghosts. It's the ghastly line. And those are the only ghost type Pokemon in the game. So mm-hmm. obviously got to add more, got to add more Pokemon. Hmm. So yeah, that's uh, so that's our Pokemon sleep update. Uh, and <laughs> And now uh, the the final one is the weirdest story of the week. And of course, it's our friends over at Neantic. Yeah. uh, Yeah. Yeah. So uh, Pokemon uh, Go new season is starting. Uh, You know, that's usually exciting times. Uh, This one's all about Paldea. They've announced like a new uh, Paldean Pokemon are coming, including some like good ones, people that, you know, Pokemon that people are looking forward to. Um, and they kind of uh, ruined it uh, all by uh, announcing that, uh, by using AI art and their stuff. Yeah. Um, it definitely caught some people off guard, I'll say that much. And you don't realize that at first, because basically what they did, they have um, in their promotional art for the season, they had like a background of a city and you know, it was just kind of like a weird, goofy looking cityscape, uh, like looking down like a busy road. But then you realize that none of the vehicles are like functional vehicles that look like anything like actual vehicles. There's like a, a subway car that's half sticking out of the road and has been like squashed down. Uh, there's a truck which has like 
extra pieces and parts that shouldn't be there. So not only is it AI art, it's bad AI art. Um, yeah, I I would say that you know I'm surprised, but I'm I'm just not. I mean, I know Niantic and you know the Pokemon Company have different operating yeah. methods, style guides, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but at least I know within the anime industry and companies in Japan, they are very comfortable for the most part using background scenery art mm-hmm. that has been produced and created by AI. That's something really, that, you know, that's a lot that's and, and it's a very controversial topic within the anime community. A lot of animators have taken to uh, social media to kind of bring, you know, light to the subject of saying, you know, there are these companies, you know, they have humans who are overseeing the creation of that AI art. Um, but I mean, it's still that 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 kind of icky feeling that you get when you're talking about computer generated, AI generated uh, artwork that's, you know, coexisting or cohabitating with, you know, man-made art. And where does the line mm-hmm. get drawn between copyright, trademark? I mean, all that whole all of that situation, which is a podcast of its own. You know, yeah. there there has been that discussion where, you know, when studio companies are asked about, you know, how can anime and AI coexist? You know, they say, you know, the place that we see it best existing is with scenery artwork, background artwork, which is, you know, for people who may not be, you know, heavily invested in the industry for animation or anime, you might be like, oh yeah, that's a great place for it to be. But like scenery and background artwork are a huge, huge, you know, atmospheric part of creating these shows. I mean, mm-hmm. the most obvious example is telling you to look at something like Studio Ghibli yeah, or anything that. or anything created um, by the director of your name. You know, there's a lot of shows that the atmosphere is is created by the background art so you know people are paying a little bit closer attention to that stuff which is why i'm assuming niantech got found out kind of quickly <laughs> about yeah. the ai artwork because people are like well if you're going to use ai artwork where is it going to exist mm-hmm. very rarely is it going to be the the center the focal point the thing in the yeah, foreground. But- it's going to be the background and that's what happened <laughs> Like, I don't think, and, and like the thing was, and apparently Niantic has been using AI art and ingress for a hot minute. So Mm, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I guess it's not like super shocking that, you know, a San Fran tech company is the one that's using AI art when, you know, that the whole idea of like AI art has, you know, kind of like originated from Silicon Valley and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So it's it's like I said, it's it's disappointing, not exactly a surprise. Um, you know, I I and more of my concern about this whole Pokemon Go AI art thing isn't as much like Pokemon Go, like to mm-hmm. be blunt. Like Pokemon Go is just a goofy game. And right. you know, I say that as someone who's currently playing that said goofy game. Um my bigger issue is is that I do not think that the Pokemon company has like officially come out and said something about like AI art and anime mm-hmm. and in the card game and in places. And not to say that Pokemon Go also doesn't like employ artists. We know they do. And right. it's, it's like it um, but you know, they hire a lot more artists doing, you know, other bits of their their franchise. And mm-hmm. so I don't want, um, you know, I, I would really like to see the Pokemon company kind of come out and say 
what their stance is on AI art. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we we managed to dodge like Nintendo, like Pokemon NFTs, which I think was good. Um, yeah. And I, I feel like AI is kind of like the next like NFT kind of thing. Um, yeah. But, you know, that that is my my hope. Um, I will say for sure within the entertainment industry as somebody that is just d- diving into the world of Japanese entertainment of all forms. Uh, AI is much more prevalent in conversation and discussion than NFTs ever were. Uh, mm-hmm. So that, that, that is why, you know, anime studio heads, manga creators, you know, they have addressed the situation. So I would be curious one day for Pokemon to kind of, kind of announce it. Um, I, this wasn't on our rundown for the week, but I think, there are ways that like Pokemon can very smartly collaborate with this kind of, you know, emerging technology. Um, the main reason right now is that the Pokemon company has announced an official collaboration with Hatsune Miku, yeah. uh, which, you know, Hatsune Miku is not AI. Hatsune Miku is a Vocaloid. Nice She's, you know, VTuber. Like she, w- Hatsune Miku was kind of like the birth of a mm-hmm. lot of that conversation of what could AI avatars and youtubers and stuff like that look like that's kind of hatsune miku is kind of credited for popularizing that um because she's adorable um so she's doing an official crossover with pokemon she's creating a full album that uses uh music samples from the original uh games uses some anime music samples as well um and they're now releasing you know artwork of hatsune miku as different kind of pokemon trainers based on the different typings so they just released a uh artwork of hatsune miku being a psychic trainer which like i love because i love vocaloids uh, and i love hatsune miku but i think that this crossover is working very smartly while still leaning into kind of like the emerging advancing tech side Mm -hmm. of you know what can be done in the entertainment industry. Uh, so I'm, I'm interested to see how it goes. Uh, you know, it's not AI, but you know, the conversation about how and if AI fits into the larger entertainment industry, uh, that that's just, that's, that's above my pay grade. <laughs> so I did read that the big rumor about Hatsune Miku, um, mm-hmm. like, collaborating with Pokemon is that we are going to get some sort of like rhythm game coming out of all of this. I'm going to tell you what, if we get a Hatsune Miku Pokemon rhythm game, I will be reviewing it. I, it, it will be my personality. Calling, little... calling your shot. Uh, oh, right here. I'm calling it now oh. publicly. Hey, you're I... not, I'm not, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna fight you over that one. I uh, so has, so li- I, yeah, it will be I was going to ask. So like Hatsune Miku, has she done, have they done other things like this? Like before? IP crossovers? Yeah. 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 They have. They've, they've, they've done some. I wouldn't say any internationally as big as Pokemon. I definitely think that is kind of the biggest one that, you know, people across the world will know. Um, but I mean, yeah, Hatsune Miku has done plenty of IP collabs and has collabed with, you know, large top a-list artists that's that's usually where their collabs come from is within the music industry um but they they have done some pop culture ip crossovers but pokemon's definitely the largest now now i'm looking at this and oh yeah wow yeah like i I did not 
I think uh, Hatsune Miku, I think the Pokemon company realized how popular what was oh gosh, I can't remember her name, the gym leader that everyone's Iono. Iono. They looked at how popular Iono was <laughs> from her card selling out and everything. I think they finally were like, oh, Iono's huge. Wait, Iono's kind of based on <gasps> Hatsune Miku. Let's team up with Hatsune. So, like, I'm expecting them to do like a full Hatsune Miku Iono collaboration single situation. I yeah, and it's gonna like blow up. So that's that's what I'm interested in seeing she's how got, that goes. She's got a full freaking game on the Nintendo Switch. The last mm -hmm. Hatsune Miku game was a Switch game. Yeah, um, Hatsune Miku puts out tons of content her and her little vocaloid gang i mean yeah it, it, it she's huge you know you just don't really necessarily realize it as much yeah. so um you know i'm very I'm, I'm interested to see how the music collaboration goes uh later later on down the line um but as for just like pokemon and ai in consideration of like artwork yeah i mean it is it's it is definitely concerning, especially since we don't have any kind of direct comment, statement, idea mm -hmm. of, of how it's moving forward with the Pokemon company. So, as, again, it's something well above my pay grade. There are much smarter people in the world who are analyzing, you know, the, the cons and the, the repercussions and the impact of AI in creative spaces. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm not one of them, <laughs> but I, I do know I do get an ick factor uh, when I saw the stuff about Pokemon Go. I was like, ooh, that's a yeah, that's a, like, that's an uncomfy situation. Like I said, it's just disappointing. Yeah. Well, um, Niantic disappointing us. I know. Shocker what? upon shocker. I've never heard that in my whole life. <laughs> uh, so it is. It is about that time, uh, the halfway mark. So we are going to do our sixty-second commercial break. Uh, so uh, stay tuned. And when we get back, uh, like I said, I, I uh, I'm calling an audible. We're going to talk about this new live action Pokemon series. We're going to talk about the live action One Piece series and uh, kind of mix it all together to make a nice stew. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, we are back. Uh, so uh, let's talk about the first bit. Um, you know, so obviously everyone's talking about the One Piece show. Huge hit for everybody. And in right before the One Piece show, Pokemon mm -hmm. announced that they too were doing a live action series, but not anything that anyone expected. Megan, tell us a little bit about this new pokemon live action series yeah so on the podcast before if you've listened or if you're just up to date with pokemon news i'm sure you will have heard for a very long time there have been reports and rumors of netflix doing a live action pokemon series we didn't know what it was going to contain and 
that's not what this announcement was about. <laughs> Everyone <laughs> thought it was going to be. They were like, oh, live action drama that has been reported by Netflix and is going to be a big adaptation for the entire globe. That's not the news that we got. Instead, TV Tokyo announced pretty quietly uh, that it was partnering with the Pokemon company to create what they are calling the first of its kind live action drama that is inspired and based on Pokemon. Uh, and so basically what this show is called, uh, it loosely, the Japanese title loosely translates to fill your pockets with adventure. And it follows uh, the life of a woman named Madoka Agake or Agaki. I have to say that right. Madoka Agaki. And basically uh, she's a recent college graduate. She's working at a port town and she wants to go to the big city. And so as an adult, she moves to the big city, joins an advertising agency that focuses on, you know, the thrill and the excitement of adventure in life. And Madoka really quickly realizes that she is out of her depths being in the big city. She doesn't know what's going on. She feels like a total fish out of water. But she gets a care package from home, sent from her mom. And in the care package is her old Game Boy and a copy of Pokemon Blue or Green. I can't remember exactly mm -hmm. which one it is. Uh, but it basically this drama follows the kind of parallels of uh, Madoka's journey through life as an adult trying to establish herself in a career in the busy city while she's playing Pokemon and learning life lessons. And so it's going to be a live action drama that uh, uses both, you know, real human drama elements of an, of like growing up coming of age as an adult that partners with the lessons that you can learn from the Pokemon video game and the Pokemon anime. So it's not an actual live action series set in the Pokemon world. It is a series that is set in the real world, but uses Pokemon, the game and anime as its kind of backdrop thematic elements. So I, I have some questions. I will try to answer them if I know the answer. <laughs> First of all, how old is this protagonist supposed to be? I believe she's supposed to be just out of college. So she's probably 21. So why does she have a copy of Pokemon Red and Blue when she was like not even born when those games came out? I'm That's going to assume question. she had a hand-me-down from her family of some sort. They got to they got to dig into the nostalgia. I was so I'm sure say. that's what it's about. I am already getting like strange. You're already things. doing timeline mathematics right now. <laughs> yeah, like this. This is already feeling a little bit like Stranger Things, in which it's like it's the summer of 1985. Look at the vintage. Like you know, when I was younger, I mean, the first games that I really ever played were on my mom's NES. <laughs> yeah, and that was definitely outdated tech by the time that you know I was able to play it. So I'm sure. In this case, it might have belonged to her mom or her, like somebody in the family. Or maybe, you never know, maybe that they didn't have a lot of money and this was just what they had available. So it is focusing specifically on like Gen 1 Pokemon. Yeah, so my, my second follow-up question, then, knowing that this is focusing on um, Gen 1 Pokemon. Who, so like, who is this made for? Like and and this is kind of like I've I've watched live action Japanese series so like you know mm -hmm. I know they exist obviously yes. um, and they tend to be kind of like more in the line of um uh you know slice of life mm -hmm. uh almost kind of like what what you'd expect from like K drama I think K drama has been more popularized and a lot yes. of K drama is similar um they and they are 
two sides of the same coin. Yeah. <laughs> As somebody right. who watches way too much K drama and J drama. Yes. Well, and that that's the thing. It's like so so what what is the like market demographic here? Like who, so, I mean, who, honestly, who is this show made for? This market demographic, like the specific hour, like time slot program slot that the show is airing in, specifically meant for people our age. So people who are adults between the ages of 21 and probably 40. Okay. Okay. That was like my, my next question is it's like for adults. This is okay. Uh, so this is, this is, and, and then my third question is, is the show, and this is like a genuine question. Mm. Is the show like is is this sort of thing like normal in the aspect of like J dramas that are currently being produced? Do we get like there's a J drama about like some like plucky young salaryman who's learning lessons from reading old chapters of One Piece or something like that? Do, I, do so we... there there have actually been dramas. I was about to say there have been a number. So when I I stray a lot towards uh, romance <laughs> dramas, yeah. and there's been a, a, several in Japan that I have enjoyed that. It's, you know, young, plucky, adolescent drama, you know, the kind of coming of age situation, you know, more of a young adult rather than a high schooler that like they're looking back at shoujo manga as like kind of guides for life, like specifically Nana and stuff like that. So there there is definitely precedent for this. Um, It's uh, usually not been as heavy handed. I mean, this is definitely a promotional show. This is not just like a fun, loving you know, drama that was just, you know, thought up organically. This is definitely a promotional TV show, which is a category all of its own in anime and drama that that there are promotional anime and promotional drama, which is hilarious because anime is promotional in and of itself. Yeah, that's, um, that's the entire point of it. But, <laughs> you know, there's, there's that subsect. And that is definitely this show, Fill Your Pockets with Adventure, is one of those subsects. But I will say it looks at least... So far, from I mean, we know very little in terms of the full cast. We do know that uh, the main actress is a former uh, J-pop member from uh, Hojizaki Forty Six, I believe. Um, so, like she she's been in the entertainment industry. Um, so we we don't know much beyond that at this point in terms of casting and crew. Um, you know who's writing the script, anything like that. Um, but it seems like they are trying to make this a pretty fleshed out drama yeah it's very nostalgia centric it is it, it it definitely seems like really interesting like and and that was like the thing like i think that a lot of the context kind of got lost on what what the show is you know what what you know what what how like you know uh when when they were like, oh, it's a live action Pokemon show, and look how weird it is, you know that was basically it. Like honestly, I'll be a hundred percent honest. Despite like the the normalization of a lot of aspects of Japanese society um, in um, you know American society, like I still feel like it was you know we got a bit of like ha ha ha, look at how weird you know the show is. Um, and you know, I'll be, I'll be a hundred percent honest. My, my first thing was like, that was not what I was expecting, but you know, I, I think it's important to like establish the context of, around yeah. like, and like in terms of shows that I think I would enjoy, like I, I, I'm definitely interested in watching this just cause I think the premise is interesting. I love kind of, 
I, I keep saying the term coming of age. I love coming of age dramas. I love mm-hmm. that kind of, you know, period of life, that season of life that has its ups and its downs. Oh, yeah. You're decisive. You're struggling. You're trying to kind of ground yourself. And in every drama that kind of focuses on these coming of age, you know, debacles and it, like it, personal conflict, you know, they always find something that grounds them. So, like, why can't it be Pokemon? And I am, and for a lot of people, I think. Uh, you know people my age a little bit older especially younger pokemon was something that helped ground them through periods of transition you know as they were coming out of you know a season of life where they were going into middle school going into high school going into college it was a consistent constant for them um so i think there's definitely a lot of potential again it's it'll it'll depend on just kind of like how the script works out i think if it's going to kind of end up being like oh, this is a blatant (laughs) advertisement (laughs) for Pokemon. Or if it'll be something that is a good, meaningful drama, but also promotes Pokemon at the same time. I just realized where I've seen uh, the the actress who's going to be in this. She was in uh, Shin Kamen Rider as one of the bad guys. Yes, very much so. I was like, I... I was wondering where I'd seen that face before, and mm-hmm. the answer was she was Wasp. Uh, <laughs> yeah, like oh. I, I, yeah. The the there there it, it seems like a solid cast. I'm very curious to see how they're going to do the corp incorporation of like the Pokemon game. Like, are they going to have video footage of her just playing the game? Are they going to mm-hmm. do like an overlay VFX thing where she like enters the game? Like, I'm very curious. Like, how that overlay will be done as they kind of explore how the game and anime teaches uh, Madoka, the character life lessons about yeah. working at this agency. Yeah. Well, and it's kind of like, you know, we just got the, um, uh, the TCG series, which mm-hmm. is just like an hour long advertisement for organized play. It's so um, cute, um, it's, Oh, it's so cute. I, it's, I like, disgustingly cute. <laughs> I, I, I got to watch it while I was in Japan and, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it was it was adorable. Um, mm-hmm. And I was like actively like we were like joking about the fact like, why is this thing so good? Because <laughs> Right. Like, that's the thing is, I think a lot of what Pokemon has done before, you know, of promotional specific content has been overly promotional you know yeah. it's been too much you know you have the series like twilight wings i don't consider those promotional materials no those are, those are narrative focused series mm-hmm. you know but you look at something like the tcg situation you mean those are promo first uh, yeah and i think they've just gotten better at <laughs> kind <laughs> of navigating that water of mm-hmm. like okay this is what we can do narratively speaking you know art style with the animation to make it appealing mm-hmm. and then we it just happens to be something that is also promotional so uh i'm i'm definitely curious about this drama at this point obviously we have no information on if yeah. it will get an official just, translation just the fact that it's going to be out in a month anything a like that uh it'll be available in japan starting october 19th uh, uh through tv tokyo uh so It'll be coming out. We will be talking about it further as it comes out. So I'm crossing my fingers that it's going to be good. Um, so yeah, I, I, I'm excited. I It is a different kind of live action take, which I think is refreshing, you know, since we have already had a live action adaptation with Detective Pikachu where you were put physically kind of in 
mm-hmm. the Pokemon world. This is a different kind of interpretation where you're still in the real world, but Pokemon is influencing you. So this kind of ties back. Um, well, yeah. So let's let's kind of talk about you know speaking of live action Pokemon mm-hmm. stuff. Um, since Jim's not here, we're, we can talk <laughs> about we can talk about this a little bit more. Uh, the One Piece live action series. Yeah, um, it is. It's out. So my my you know the the there's a couple things that you know kind of came out. One seems to be a smash hit. Which is oh, great news. It's broken record. It's broken the record that Wednesday and Stranger Things set at Netflix, which is insane to me. So, you know, assuming that the strike eventually, the strikes plural eventually <laughs> end, there are multiple. Um, it certainly seems like we are going to get a um, uh, we're, we're we're going to get uh, a second season of this show, like yeah, especially as assumably. It won't cost them $130 million to uh, do season two because they don't have to pay for the license rights again, mm. um, which is one of the reasons why this was so expensive. Um, the, the the conversations that came out of this were kind of like cracking me up because like the first one was like, you know, they finally made a good live action anime show, um, which, you know, Megan, your thoughts on that statement? <laughs> there have been many great live action anime adaptations the asterisk that you have to put in that sentence is hollywood adaptation and even with that asterisk i still say alita battle angel was a pretty darn good adaptation yeah Uh, it's very it was it had a lot of changes from the source material but i think it was still a very good adaptation and i even think looking way back i even think speed runner was a pretty i know it gets speed racer a speed racer. Oh my god! I, <laughs> I think I was thinking of um, some sort of what is it? Were you com- combining Speed Racer and Blade Runner? There we go. That's what I was doing. Blade <laughs> Runner. That is exactly what I was doing. I always do that. Oh my lord! I'm I'm struggling today. It's a it's a Monday and I've not had my coffee. Uh, yeah, I think I think Speed Racer was a, a pretty. I mean, it gets joked on all the time because <laughs> of its very stylistic aesthetic. Yeah, but I think. That goofiness was a much better way to interpret the series than if they took it too seriously. Speed, well, like I, I think so. Speed Racer is interesting. Like I've watched that a few times, and there's bits of it. Like I, I loved Speed Racer when it came out as a kid, and mm-hmm. you know, I, I, I think that the problem is a Speed Racer as like a concept. Mm-hmm. Like you watch those, like because it, it's old school. It's like watching old Astro Boys or something. Like that. Oh yeah. So it, oh. by by its nature, it's very hokey. It's like watching a Hanna Barbera cartoon it is. from the nineteen. It 1950s. is exactly like that. like it's watch the Herculoids and or Space Ghost and like you know try to take it seriously. So there's yeah. only so many ways you can like potentially a- adapt that, and I yeah. think that that movie probably did the best job it could, where it yeah. tried like you know because it, it it was one of those things where. You know, a lot of it, it was a mix of like really goofy comedy and like over the top seriousness that was so serious. Mm-hmm. It was great. Um, right. And, and it, Which it did. is kind of what Speed Racer yeah. is. Yeah. So, like, you know, it was very true to the original source. So I, I will say that. I will say that Hollywood has had done pretty all right adaptations before, but far more casualties. Uh, has Hollywood produced than you know quality 
content. You know, Japan has done excellent adaptations time and again. I mean, you have the, the, the standard is Rurouni Kenshin, but yeah. you can look further down the line and there's 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 a number of really great adaptations. Well, I mean, even, you know, I'll be 100% honest, one of my favorite uh, live action, uh, like anime slash manga takes, Kingdom. Kingdom. Yeah, Kingdom is excellent. Shihadafuru is excellent. Um, uh, uh, what is the one that I'm trying to think of? I'm the Bleach. I mean, Bleach got. Yeah, Bleach actually is pretty. Bleach was really good. I was shocked <laughs> when I saw Bleach. I was like, wow, that's. You know what? I'm I'm actually here for it. So, you know, all of this leading up to One Piece was terrifying. So I yeah. I I have had the show since July. I was able to get early access, you know, and do coverage uh, for One Piece. And when I first watched all of season one in one go and I stopped and I was like, wait, that was really good. I must, something's wrong. So yeah. I went to bed, took a day off, came back a day later, watched it again. I said, no, it is really good. <laughs> and so, um, yeah, now just the, you know, the public nature, how big One Piece was in, mm -hmm. in, in a similar vein to Pokemon. I mean, One Piece is the biggest manga anime in Japan. It, it, it It's manga has outsold Batman. One Piece is massive. Yeah. Oh, and Pokemon is massive. So there there has been some natural comparisons. There is uh, there. There is some um, really interesting you know, like parallels, like, you know, cause one piece is another show like, you know, like Pokemon, when we talk about Pokemon and that like, Pokemon is the biggest franchise, like in the world in terms of right. like, merchandise sales, like people don't realize that because Pokemon is, you know, like, you know, like you can, it's bigger than like Mickey mouse. Now, mind you, if you compared it to all of Disney, maybe not, right. but you know, like there's only one, one, there's only two franchises that combines all the Disney things together and they're called kingdom hearts and Warcana. Uh, so, <laughs> you know, not, not, uh, not the same thing. Um, but you know, people do not realize how big Pokemon is until you point out the fact that every year they like print 9 billion Pokemon cards, um, mm -hmm. and they all get sold. Um, and one piece is the same thing. Like, I do not think people, the, one of the, one of my favorite things to do, is when uh, I talk to people from other countries, one of the things I tend to fall back on talking about is how much they love One Piece. Like, and oh, it's like, yeah. you know, uh, I, I had a conversation with somebody uh, from like Montreal and it turned into a 45 minute conversation about how much we love One Piece. Like One Piece is yeah. like a universal constant. I was about uh, to say, it's the universal language. Like speaking English, if you yeah. just go talk about One Piece. <laughs> like it's, it's, you're, it's you're, great. Somebody is going to be like, ah, I got you. <laughs> And uh, with One Piece, uh, and and so this gets me to what I actually want to talk about. I could talk about the One Piece live action, and uh, maybe we'll know, get a bonus episode. Maybe later. maybe we will. <laughs> but what I wanted to talk about is what lessons do you think the live action Pokemon series? The because we know Netflix keeps on kicking around an idea, and I think it got paused after Cowboy Bebop, like just mm -hmm. you know died a Every horrible fiery death miserable miserable death <laughs> and then they i think they kind of like went whoa before we commit to any more of this like live action anime adaptation let's see how this mm -hmm. one piece thing does right um so assumably they're going to be spurred on by the success of this and maybe we'll see some movement in this long gestating pokemon thing what mm -hmm. what lessons do you think the folks making this pokemon live action series should take from one piece 
the it's twofold. The first mm-hmm. thing, and I think the most important thing, is every single person who touches the show needs to love One Piece. Mm-hmm. It has been a consistent situation where a lot of the adaptations that have failed for anime and Hollywood specifically have brought in people, not even that they were necessarily new to the series. A lot of the people who worked on One Piece didn't really know about One Piece until they were introduced to this live action project. Um so it's not even the how new of a fan they are, but it's just that they didn't they they didn't invest themselves in the series. They did what they had to do because it was work. You know, for the people who it's the same thing in my review for One Piece, you know, I I mentioned this multiple times, you know, is the same kind of situation that happened with comic book live action adaptations mm-hmm. prior to, you know, the Iron Marvel Man movie, really. Yeah. You know, Iron Man 2008 that is really kind of what kick-started the 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 trend of having consistently good adaptations because the people that have put in the seats for that you know the creation the people who were executives on that film lived and breathed marvel they knew that character they really knew what they were investing in mm-hmm. prior to that a lot of the projects were treated as it's a job yeah and and that's fine <laughs> that is absolutely fine but you know, maybe the only exception to that was like the Sam Raimi Spider-Man movies. Yeah, those, those were those, perfectly. Those were like perfectly what, weird, <laughs> like those, Spider-Man should be. But yeah. for anime, we never got that. It was always treated, like you said, as a gimmick mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. It was treated as, oh, look how weird this is. Um, for One Piece, you know, when you watch it, a lot of it is just you have to accept it the way that it is. There are weird half human have animals their telephones are snails like accept it just accept it i think that that kind of bold investment into the world of one piece and having the creators that you know i know the creators of one piece they worked really closely with fans on this project they went to twitter and they found people who were obsessed with one piece they got timelines they had those you know twitter creators create timelines of all of one piece so the creators and the writers of the show and the showrunners knew exactly each step of one piece you know they were very invested in making sure that they had that fan base with them the second issue and i think this is probably going to be the hardest thing that pokemon will do with its live action adaptation is a lot of the hollywood adaptations do not really have anything to do with the creator of the source material yeah Cowboy Bebop, the creator Shinichiro Watanabe, had nothing to do with it. (laughs) He had nothing to do with it. And he had said in interviews once the show came out, he admitted it freely. He said, that's not Cowboy Bebop. I had nothing to do with it. It's just (laughs) a show that's wearing the skin of a series I created. Um, The creator of One Piece, Ichiro Oda, was (laughs) he was so far up in all the business that Netflix's One Piece had. I mean, the, the smallest of things that he had to give approval for in order for the series to move forward, you know, gave it a very real authentic shot with the fans. Mm-hmm. And so I think kind of one of the biggest hurdles for live action anime has been done because of One Piece. We finally got a really good one. So like that, that threshold's been crossed. We can say, oh, we got one done. We can be a little bit more accepting of future projects. Uh, So as Pokemon kind of gears up, gets together, you know, it really has to meet 
one, every single person who's working on Pokemon needs to be invested. Yeah. And two, whatever creator from Pokemon, I mean, that, that's the problem. Pokemon has been created by a lot of hands, you know, to get I, a, a vision for it. Hmm. I think they need to be heavily involved with the process. It can't just be something where they like, all right, we licensed it to you. Have fun. I, I do think that one of the good things is that the Pokemon company, you know, and we saw this with Detective Pikachu, like, you mm -hmm. know, they had very strict rules on what mm -hmm. could and couldn't be done. And, you know, I think that both helped and hindered um, uh, that, right. that movie in a lot of ways. I mean, I think it helped and that, you know, it is there's like there's a little bit of consistency mm -hmm. that's like very specific that you must follow when it comes to Pokemon. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, I, I do think that, you know, the thing that Detective Pikachu may have suffered from was it was a little bit too close to the specific storyline of the, the mm -hmm. game, you know, like, you know, Detective Pikachu 2 is going to come out and, uh, you know, here's my shock face when they reveal that Detective Pikachu is actually his dad. You know, yeah. like it's <laughs> the one thing that I took away from One Piece um, is that it was a good reminder that you do not have to do a one for there there's a specific way mm -hmm. to do live action adaptations where you don't have to do a one-to-one -one adaptation of like every bit and piece like oh absolutely luffy is a very different character in that one in the live action than he is in like at least the early chapters of the oh show. Like, yeah you know, he's way yeah he's, yes, like, he's, he's very different like but but this the vibe like the Luffy's vibe is the same, and it's like yeah, the really core, hard. His core is the same. Yeah, like he's a very different character. He's like you know, like he like he's got given like several monologues in this, where it's like Luffy never gives monologues. He would never have the top. He doesn't have the. He doesn't have the attention span. Yeah, he, he does do the same for Zoro. I mean, Zoro is very different and the i mean usopp oh my lord usopp, usopp has swag and usopp that, is like legitimately kind of sexy in the yeah, live action that and one, that is that not one, like, something would, that anyone that actually would say me. i'm like they're like they're making like usopp like too like 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 i was like no that, that was like the one thing where i was just like ah why 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 is this happening like why is, why does usopp have swag you know i don't know i was more traumatized by all the thirst trap tiktoks of buggy the clown on my fyp yeah no that one that one was another one where it's like we're and we're, we're like buggy's another good example buggy is absolutely Nothing, nothing um you know like nothing like he is in the the anime or the manga but like the 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 vibe is still like the very vibe is the there it's like that you know core like, essence you know and so there there's a way to do that and like you know it's really funny like um uh we we, we should be wrapping this up here soon we will yeah but we'll, it's like you know we'll, we'll get to our closing statement shortly <laughs> uh like wheel of time is another you know big book adaptation that's you know lots of books and it's being adapted into a much condensed form and like the it's it's not a bad show it is not wheel of time like right. it, it like has like some of the trappings but none of the characters acting and like you know and that is something where it's like the 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 characters are like cosplaying as Wheel of Time characters, but the mm. vibe is not the same. And I think, you know, like good luck, Hollywood, you know, figure out your vibes, I guess, is my, my, yeah. I mean, the, it, and that goes back to the point what I was saying, you know, it doesn't have to be a one to one adaptation. If you are invested in the story, 
like the creators, the showrunners, mm-hmm. um, you know, Steve Maeda and Matt Owens are for One Piece, how heavily invested they are in One Piece as a series. Uh, they can they can take those liberties because they know the characters so well. Yeah. Um, and they and, and when they took those liberties, they had the blessing of the series creator. Well, those are and- all things that have never really happened before with a with a live action production in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Um and so I think, you know, as as Pokemon kind of moves forward and finds its footing in a live action space, you know, outside of Detective Pikachu, you know, where they, you know, tr- probably approach a story that is original, that is like a perfect blend of the things you see in the games, things you see in the anime, things you see in the lore and the history of Pokemon, mm-hmm. you know, as they kind of create that, it's going to have to be the same, that it's checked, that it is highly invested and that they get the core spirit of Pokemon, which is exploration, freedom, friends, family, that, that, that's, that's what it is. That's, that's a great way to, great way to end that discussion. That was a solid discussion there. Look at that. I'm, I'm, I'm proud of us. Look at us. Well, you know, I, I will say this, like, and, uh, uh, in, in terms of the, if, if there were two people on comicbook.com that I would want to have a discussion about translating like manga and anime into like live action, I think it it, it would be us two. I, I think yeah. we, <laughs> we we might be the two, and no knock on anybody else on on comic book because we employ a lot of great minds about it. But oh, you know, I amazing. I do think like we we've got the the qualities to discuss, you know, kind of dissect what One Piece did right and what you know, mm-hmm. other shows need to do moving forward. Uh, so good job. Like, yeah, us. Yeah. Uh, let's, let's, All right, now let's get to the Pokemon fact of the week. Yeah. Pokemon fact of the week. So we've talked about this book fact of the week in the world. Uh, 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 wow. That wasn't even a sense. We've talked about this Pokemon fact before uh, we uh, we're, we're to the snow run line. We've talked, uh, talked about a lot of stuff. So we're, we're talking about Glalie. Um, which one I did not actually think about why Glalie is named the way it is. The reason why Glalie is named Glalie is a combination of goalie and like, you know, I, I don't know what the clay is, but like Gale, you know, stuff like that. But it's basically because he looks like a goalie mask. I didn't I didn't pick up on that fact. Um, but mm. we've talked about how his, um, you know, uh, his his base form, you know, freezes stuff and then eats it. That's that's its gist. And that therein lies the true tragedy of its mega evolution. So when it mega evolves, it gains so much. Uh, oh, glacial! That makes a lot of sense. Thank you, semantics. Mm-hmm. Um, when uh, Glalie um, mega evolves, it starts basically freezing anything around it instantly. It just has like a absolute zero zone, but it can't eat because its jaw has broken open. So it it becomes much more effective at capturing its prey, but it can't do anything with it. So. Uh, that that is terrible, and another reason why Mega Evolution is awful, and why we want to see it return to the franchise. Um, so, mm-hmm. and on that note, uh, that's been that's been this episode. So, uh, yeah, thank you uh, for everyone who came and spent their Labor Day listening to this. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, we are uh, live every week on Monday uh, at uh, twelve p.m. Eastern time. Uh, and of course, you can listen to us not live. Uh, episodes usually go up uh, later in the day. Uh, so you can listen to us every single week. We'll be back next week. We'll be talking about Scarlet and Violet DLC. Uh, what what are the expectations and hopes and dreams and stuff like that? Uh, uh, and uh, yeah, so until next time, thank you for watching. Catch you later.